How many times have you come to church after a very hard week or a very difficult morning and you sit in your car and you catch your breath and you walk through the doors of the, the foyer only be to, to be greeted by one of our wonderful brothers and sisters with the question, how are you? And even though you may have lost your job, your marriage may have been falling apart or facing struggle, or you've been sick or someone close to you has been sick, or you yelled at your children from the front door to the parking lot. <laughs> when you walk in the church building, you say, I'm fine. Are you? Jim and I, as he mentioned, we talked about what do you do when you come back together after the, the weeks and months that we've had? Some of the most awful events that most of us will ever live through, we have come through the last 11 weeks. A global pandemic stuck in our house, different messages on what to do and what not to do, what might kill you, what might not kill you. Everyone has lived in fear. Some of us got extra money in the midst of this. We hadn't lost our job, our paycheck kept coming, and, and now an extra paycheck came. Some of us have been able to stay at home and not work and still get paid. That time off we've been looking for, we've been hungering for, that time with our family, we've had it for 11 weeks, and we're thrilled to death, not with the death and destruction, but from the good things that's come from this. But there are also many of us who have struggled personally with the virus, who have, who have been sick, or who have someone very close to them who's been sick and even died. Some of us have been touched very closely by the racism and the pain. And now after 11 weeks, we all show up at the same church building. And, and Jim and I have been asked to design a worship service that will speak God's word in all of those places and all of those lives. How do you do that? You go to the Psalms. Worship is supposed to be the most honest and genuine thing we do in our life. But sadly, our American form of Christianity has told us you can't do that. We've grown up singing the song, Sing and Be Happy. It's a good song. It's a great song. But sometimes I don't feel like singing and being happy. And so it's strange to sit among a congregation of people who are doing that when I don't feel that way. But that's part of the complexity of worship. That's part of the complexity of community. And that's part of the complexity of Psalms. Psalms provide us with an emotional roller coaster. And if you've been paying attention Jim and I tried to lay out text for our men to read that take us through that roller coaster. We've talked about this in Bible classes, the different kinds of psalms. Those psalms that, 
that make us say hallelujah. Everything is great in this world. Creation is beautiful. Creation is working like it's supposed to work. And then there are those psalms that make us say, God help us. How long, O God? Why do you let this happen? Where are you at? Can't you open your eyes and see what's happening down here? And then you have those psalms that say, thank you for your deliverance. And they're all appropriate. And they're all okay. And sometimes when we're in the midst of the brokenness and hurt, we need the voice of our brother and sister beside us singing and saying, God has not changed. That's why community is very important. We, we launched our live stream, today's our first, and, and in several different conversations, both with the elders and staff and with some of you, there's been a recurring concern about having live stream. We don't want to make it convenient and easy for people who can be here and should be here to decide instead, I'm just going to stay home. And so many honest voices have said, we don't want to facilitate that. And if you feel that way or you fear that, let me promise you, we are grateful to offer live stream and ways to reach out but there's something important about being together. And I know our brothers and sisters watching who are afraid to get out or don't feel able to get out, they want to be here. As you listen to these psalms unfold, one of the things you will see as they, they worship in the midst of this, I was glad to be in the assembly of the Lord. And even back in Psalm 70, 73, as the psalmist is, is talking about what they've been experiencing in their life and the upheaval in the question, the psalmist says, it is good to be near the Lord, to sing his praise among the assembly. And the psalms tell you it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling when you come into the house of the Lord. So this, the last half of the Psalms, the way these work, is that you can approach God in all your honesty, in all your fear, in all your pain, and you can worship with your brothers and sisters beside you. And sometimes we feel those same emotions all at the same time in our own lives. There are things we're happy about and joyous about, and there are things we are scared to death about. You can feel those emotions simultaneously. But the way the Psalms work are they invite us to bring all of that together. I'm going to show you one other Psalm before we offer the invitation and have some other Psalms read to close. Psalm 30. Psalm 30 is one of these Psalms that's told on the other side of deliverance. One of the most famous of these is Psalm 23, by the way. The Lord is my shepherd. We often sing that at funerals or sing, read that at funerals. The irony is, Psalm 23 says, uh, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and staff. Psalm 23 is sung on the other side of the valley. 
meaning God took them through, God delivered them. It's a psalm of deliverance. <coughs> psalm 30 shows you kind of how these moments of worship work. It moves you through everything. So chapter 30 and verse 1 begins with the thanksgiving, the orientation of life when everything works well. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life among those who have gone to the pit. So we start the psalm by saying, thank you, God, for your deliverance. And then what often happens in one of these psalms is we invite other people to praise God for what he has done in our life. Verse 4, sing praises to the Lord, O you faithful ones, give thanks to his holy name. His anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes in the morning. That is an invitation for others who are still hurting and still suffering to still praise God. And then he kind of tells the story of what happened. Verse eight, uh, 6, As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. But your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face and I was dismayed. You see the movement? We go from life is great to life has fallen apart. Verse 8, To you, O Lord, I cried, and to you, Lord, I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. So that gives you a glimpse into his emotion in the midst of despair. God, if I die, I can't praise you. It was their understanding of the afterlife. He didn't believe if I die, I'll get to go pluck a harp in heaven. He believed if I die, my voice is silenced. God, don't kill me. I want to praise you. It's his psalm of lament. But there's verse 11. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. So that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Psalm 30 represents the movement of the entire book of Psalms. And I would think it represents the emotions of our entire congregation today. You are somewhere in the midst of Psalm 30. Maybe you are still somehow in the belief of Psalm 30. I will never be moved. I'm not there. And most of the people around you this morning aren't there. But if that's where you are, Psalm says, praise God. Others of us are in the midst of the questioning part. God, where are you? Don't let me die. And if you're there this morning, Psalm says, praise God. Call out to God. He's still there. But if you have been brought through and if you have been delivered... Do not, under any circumstances, just go about your way without praising the God who brought you through it. 
Psalm after psalm after psalm after psalm after psalm after psalm calls out to God and then keeps the promise. I will stand in the midst of your people and I will praise you for what you have done. That praise doesn't always sound the same. Shortly after Delane and I got married, we were poor college students. Her car stopped working, so we had to go buy a new car, used car. It was new to us. We bought the car on a Friday night. I tried calling my insurance company to tell them, hey, got another car, moved my insurance. Had to leave a voicemail. Delaney had to go to the computer lab on campus, so I took her in our new car, new to us. Dropped her off, went to the grocery store. I wish I could tell you nobly, I was going to get a package of cookies. And as I was turning out of the grocery store back onto Memorial Road, a car ran a light and hit the back quarter panel of our new car. The insurance company said, I'm sorry you didn't transfer your insurance in time. And the insurance lady even said, if you're a poor college student, why are you buying a new car? I said, I'm going to hang up the phone now, ma'am. The police officer said, I know it's not your fault, but I cannot prove it's their fault. That means we had to pay to fix the car. You know, every time I make a left turn, even to this day, every now and then, I still hear the sound and feel an impact. When you've been through something, you're scarred. And even when God has brought you through deliverance, you carry those scars with you. And so your praise might sound differently. It'll sound different from the person who's never felt the pain or who cannot experience the pain the same way you do. Who can show up and say, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. He's delivered me from my sickness. He's delivered me from my pain. He gives me a good job. He gives me a good marriage. He gives me good children. And maybe none of that is true for you. Your praise might sound differently. But brothers and sisters, your praise must still be sounding. And that's what Psalms tells us. And that was our hope this morning as we gathered as a church, knowing that all of us are coming from different places today. But all of us are praising the same God. Today, wherever you're at in that movement of faith, I hope that it's honest and real and that you feel comfortable in this place being honest and real about that. And this morning, if you're in the pit of despair or if you're on the mountain of recovery, we welcome the sound of your praise together. Some of you need to be saved from sin because you've never experienced the joy of God's deliverance from the ultimate pain in our life, the sin that's broken this world. And we do want to offer the invitation, maybe today, you've made the decision, it's time to make that step and commit my life to Jesus Christ and become a disciple of His. We want to give you that opportunity. Or maybe you're at the bottom of the pit and you don't know where to go. And we want to invite you to share that with us this morning so we can pray with you as your brothers and sisters in Christ. Whatever need we can help you with, we want to do that while we stand and sing together.